All right. Well, turn with me to First Peter chapter five, and uh, we'll read uh, verses uh, twenty-two and well actually let's uh, read down through verse 9 casting all your care upon him for he careth for you be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil is roaring a lion walking about seeking whom he may devour whom resisteth steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world let's go to the Lord in prayer Father, we again thank you for just uh, this gathering. Thank you for each one that's here and those that are following online. And Lord, we just thank you so much for the truth that's in your word. We know that it's an absolute truth. We have no need to worry about that. And Father, we thank you. Thank you that as we study this lesson, and just understand how much you love us and take care of us. And you want to hear from us on a regular basis. And Father, I thank you that you... you uh, are so trusting in us that uh, when we got saved and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, that we do, as verse uh, tells us, uh, we can cast all our cares upon you, for you do care for us. You want to do all that's right, and we want to do what's right for you. And Father, we just ask that you'd be glorified through these lessons. I pray you keep us focused on what you'd have us to understand and apply to our lives. And we ask it all in Jesus' precious name. All right, well, go ahead and be seated. And as we are going down through here, uh, this next segment is uh, cast all your cares on the Lord, verse 7. And here it, it's uh, the, the last two, as, as you can see, uh, A and B, talking about submission and being humble. And while this is uh, kind of uh, accumulation of all that, of allowing us to give over to the Lord uh, everything that we need. And, and, and uh, if you study through here, casting, it talks about throwing upon. In other words, take all of our burdens and just cast it out. And, and as I was going through, uh, I found Psalm 55, 22 talks about, it says, cast thy burdens upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. And, it, and it's interesting, as I was looking through the commentators on this, uh, it's he's addressing uh, David. It, it, it seems very obvious in here, but but it's an expression I think Peter picked upon and talked about this. And and if we compare it with uh, Matthew uh, eleven twenty eight to thirty, it says, "Come unto me, all ye that labor or are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Ye shall find rest." unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And as we look at this, that God wants to do everything for us. He really does. But he wants us to let him. And I suppose if I had a show of hands, how many say, I can do this on my own. I don't, I don't need any extra help. <laughs> There's a lot of us that are, that are very much uh, that way. It, it, it's hard to sometimes ask for help and, and when we're troubled. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, 
shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And, and it's interesting comparing verse uh, 7 with, with, with Psalms 55. He's, uh, the psalmist is being implied of, of this was given to me, uh, this lot in life. And you can go through, and every one of us, if, if we look and stop and see, you know, how was our life laid out? That, that's our lot in life, from birth to death. You know, some of us go through life very successful. Some struggle. Some are easy learners. Some of us are hard learners. Some of us are, are easy to understand that when we get saved, we give our life over to the Lord and trust Him in everything. Others of us, when we get saved... We're reluctant to give up on things. Uh, I won't say that we're hoarders, but you know, you could almost put us in that mode. But God gives specific things to us, and He gives it to us when we when we think uh, in Second uh, Corinthians about He gives us uh, everything, but He gives us just what we need and gives us that amount that's there. And that's what He's talking about here. Peter is saying, you know, cast all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. He He's doing just that. And when we compare to, to, to verse 55, um, the, the, he gives the, it's what's been appointed. And we, last week we talked about the measurement. He gives us an amount that is for us. Uh, of course, you go into the, uh, to the Gospels and Matthew, he talks about cups that are overflowing. And it talks about baskets when we ask for riches that are tamped down. Um, but he gives us, what we need. He gives us that amount. Nothing more, nothing less. It's like uh, knowing that or, or when we understand and turn to the Lord and give it over to Him, He cares. He wants to do for us. He, but again, He wants us to ask Him to do that. He's ever ready to do that. As a parent, we have the same issue with our children. We want to do everything for them, but there's a point where we need to recognize that they need to learn. And that's what God wants of us. And that's what Peter's pointing out here. Being willing uh, to submit ourselves to the authority of God, to uh, uh, submit to the authority of government, submit one to another, we talked about it. But it takes a humbling of doing that. We need to, we need to understand that we can't do it on our own. Not 100% of it. I mean, there's of us here that, that can accomplish a lot of things. But there's sometimes when we just need some help. Sometimes on motors, we go to talk to Charlie about them. Or RVs. Or Brother Dan, we ask for about, you know, a building. Pastor with painting. And, and just a, a variety of, of different things. Brother Travis, if we got a computer issue, we go to him. <laughs> you know, but there's a lot of things that we accomplish on our own. And yet we need to know that are we able to do this and to cast them on the Lord? And his shoulders, like, like you know, he's, his yoke, he can handle that yoke. He gives it over, but we hand it back to him. It's like we talked about rewards. Some of those rewards that we get, we're going to cast them back at him. But when he looks through there, he says, the thing that he's given us is, is such that it won't, it just makes us stronger, makes us better, makes us more willing. And it says he shall sustain thee. He'll make it sufficient for you. And, and to measure it, he gives us, like I said, exactly what we need. And, and if we mess up with that, well, it's kind of like uh, 
my wife has decided when she bakes cookies, she's not going to use butter-flavored shortening. She doesn't like the, how, the, how the cookies turn out. <laughs> she says, we will, we will use butter. I said, hey. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. And, and some of you tasted my wife's cookings. And, and so it's good. But, but certain things, you know, that I'm not going to change the, uh, the, the recipe. Well, sometimes you do, and you put your own little tweak on it. Well, that's not what God wants. He wants us to obey him, to follow his guidelines. He knows, you know, if we get in and try to do it ourselves, he'll let us know that we not, are not supposed to do that. But he gives us a measure of strength. We talked all through James about how, what grace is in our lives. And, and in the beginnings of Peter were that measure of grace. He gives what we need for the time at hand. Not any more, not any less. And oftentimes we forget to thank him for that. And it gives us enough that, that we can go through and handle what's given to us. Whether it's just uh, maybe a, a, a seeing the answer to prayers, just what we need. It's just on time. It's never late. It's just what we need to do that. And just like what he did with the Apostle Paul. You know, how many times did Paul ask for help with, with that infirmity he had? He asked three times. And what did he say in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9? He said, it, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I, I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. When we cast our care upon the Lord, we're saying, and letting God know that we are not capable of doing it completely. He wants us to come to Him. He wants us to be willing to do and step forward on that. It's just like when we put on the whole armor of God. When we put it on, are we going to go into battle? Maybe, maybe not. Most likely, we're standing there at the ready, waiting with that armor on, all ready to go. God will accomplish what needs to be done and say, I did that for you. It's what he did to Israel all through the Old Testament. How many times did he bail them out, literally? Come in, he says, trust me. I've been going through Judges again, and I just finished up reading about Gideon and realizing he kept telling him when he had this group started out, and he whittled them down, and he told them straight up. It's a paraphrase, but he said, if he'd gone in with all those men, you would have had the glory. You would have said, look what I did, rather than I did it for you. And how many times in the Old Testament had he, had, had he told Israel, I have done this for you. I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you through. I did this. I did that. And he also tells them, I put you in captivity because you didn't pay attention to me. You didn't do what I asked you to do. We studied through the dispensations and, and, and it's pointed out that, that each one of those points there, God gave, gave the uh, assignment for man to take care of showed where man failed and where God picked up and brought them through that. And, and really, that's what he's doing here. He'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. And it's an interesting, in, in Psalm 55, 22, it says, God will not cause us to be ultimately or permanently removed from our steadfastness. Those that are focused on what the Lord does, he is never going to cause us to falter from there. Guess who does? And we're going to see that in a little bit. Satan tries his best to knock us off course. He does his best to interfere with what's going on, but as long as we ask the Lord and focus on him, 
we're told that the devil will flee, literally from that. That's the last thing Satan wants to have, is to see a Christian praying, seeing a Christian asking the Lord for help, because he knows that he is definitely defenseless. He can't get our souls. He can't get a, he can't, uh, uh, you know, he can cause us to falter. He can, he can make things not uh, be as they should around us, just to see what we'll do. He knows the right buttons to push. That's the sad part. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's things in our lives when we find out the right things, and then we find out what the wrong things are. And, and oftentimes, where Satan say, hey, you know, hey, if you do it this way, it'll be a whole lot easier. You know, what did he do in the Garden of Eden? He didn't force Eve to do anything. He just made her question. And that's the sad part. We'll never be knocked off our course if we truly focus on what's there and will not suffer us to fall away or perish. That's a wonderful promise that we have, that eternal security. No matter how many times we stumble, fall, we fail the Lord, what's he do? He's faithful and just to forgive us. Knock the dust off from us, probably clean the bruises and cuts that we had from falling down. But he tells us outright that, well, Psalm 37, 23 and 24 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. That's what God has for us. Is just every time, as, as a parent, uh, uh, well, I hated it when our children were, would fall, watching the little ones walking. I hated watching my son playing soccer and having to carry him off the field a couple times because somebody did a slide tackle and broke his leg. Or riding down the hill on a bicycle and he breaks his arm. <laughs> you know, carrying them up. You know, you want to, and that's what the Lord does for us. He carries us through all of those trials. If we, we cast them upon him. Yeah, he'll politely let us suffer through things until we're mired down by things, and then all of a sudden we'll recognize, okay, I can't do this. Lord, please help me. What's he do? He brings us up. He's not disappointed. That's one thing about God. I mean, he, we can grieve him. We can, we can cause things to happen that... He'll, he'll be disappointed in us, but it's only for a moment when we, when we turn and say, Lord, please help me, and, and, and realize you know, that he will take care of us. The question that's in the, in the uh, study guide says, why can we cast all our care upon him? Well, we've kind of answered that already. He cares for us. He loves us. He created us. When the fall happened, it created that enmity in there, but he was still... Had, had the plans laid out long before he created us, the, what would happen and why we needed the Lord Jesus Christ, that, that sacrifice. He cares for us. He assures us he feels our pain. Christ walked this earth as a human, fully God, fully man, yet he felt pain. And we, we can read about it, and you can describe all that he went through. The very pain of him being rejected by his people, that, that has to be so very disheartening. I know some of us here, when we got saved, a lot of our family members kind of uh, looked a little 
off toward us, or maybe even in some cases might have turned their back on us and said, why are you going that way for? That's just a lunatic direction. But yet, when they see that you're steadfast, see that you're walking that walk, and, and your talk matches that walk, all of a sudden they're looking at you a lot different. And they know that you're, you're, something's different. Why are you that way? And hopefully it's created a question in their hearts to, to want to know that we are following the right path. And Romans 8, 31 and 32 says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we not with him also freely give us all things? The world looks at us as you're just a bunch of nuts walking around. You are, you know, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. Just a whole, you should be getting ahead in life. Well, there's some Christians that are getting ahead in life and that are embarrassing a lot of the world. And, and being able to be a shining example. And it's those they keep trying to knock down and try to find out, well, what's the best way I can get around this person or to, to get to this person? And if we're walking with the Lord, we're less likely to be knocked down. And when we, when we look upon this, there's, uh, in, in this lesson, there's a transparency that comes up that begs the question, how can we cast our cares on the Lord? And, you know, there's a few that are canned up here, but, you know, how can we cast our burden on the Lord? I'll just toss it out and see if, see if you can match with it. Brother Charlie? Prayer. Prayer, yeah. Well, it's just a perfect one. Take the burden. And, hey, <laughs> Sister Lynn. Prayer believing, yes, yes. Brother Travis? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's see if that's up here. Well, refuse to worry about burdens, but you know. <laughs> Pastor. Claiming and a promise. Yeah, because if if we're gonna come to the Lord and cast this to Him, why did we do it in the first place? We obviously should be believing. You know, it's, how many times have we heard? Well, all I can do is pray. Well, it's the only thing you should be doing. You know, a lot of times we come to him the last thing. Anybody else have a, a thought with that? Because I'm going to click two other ones up here and see, you know, thank the Lord for taking time or taking the burden from me. And there, there's a lot of times when we've seen that, we know that in our lives, but yet we forget to thank him. We've seen those answers to prayer. But yet we look at our prayer list, and Wednesday nights, or actually this morning, we're going to go through praises. There's people who are going to have answers to prayer. And, and to thank the Lord for answering those prayers. You know, and, and it's, it's so very important in our lives to understand that. And, you know, and the, the other question is up here, it says, uh, what are some of the burdens we should cast on him? Well, you know, there, there's some in our prayer list. We look through there. We can look at the pain and limitations associated with illnesses. You know, and these lists aren't exhaustive, but they're to get us to thinking. You know, the pain of a wayward child. I think most of us here have probably seen that. It's and it's and it's sad to watch children grow up and, and not walk with the Lord. Especially if they've been brought up in a home that that has been very 
prominent to show that the Lord is first in their life and to raise them that way. We can only train them and pray that they go in the right direction. Sometimes they return. The other is, you know, there's some uncertainty of employment. It's very common. And then, but when we think about that, we, we realize that God has absolute control. We, we realize, you know, we can go through these lists up here. And that's not exhaustive. God, t- God does take care of us. You know, I can, well, I've given testimony several times in these lessons of, you know, how God has walked me through many things. I've also had testimony of when I did dumb things and had to learn. You know, some of the things that we did when we disobeyed the Lord or decided to, you know, come to the Lord later, we end up suffering. And some of the, the things that happened in our lives, we may not uh, make it through on, the, on some of those. We might have aches and pains or suffer some, some injuries or, or illnesses because of things that we did. Uh, we talked about them earlier in Peter of, of suffering and suffering for the righteousness and not because of sins in our lives or the stupidity. But as, as we look at the, you know, think about those, all of our cares that we have, when we cast them upon the Lord, it does take that burden off from us. It's like when we share in prayer with each other, it carries that burden. Each, when we share with each other our, 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 uh, our prayer requests, and, and maybe something that's heavy on our heart. It's amazing when somebody, when you pray with somebody, how it's like it's just, wow, that was just a, a lift off, off from you. And, and realizing that, wow, it, there is power in prayer. And especially power when you share it. And it, it's basically a fulcrum effect. And, and, and create a lot more power through that. It's like our daughter-in-law. We, we were, she was amazed at the number of people that she had never even met that were praying for her cancer. And realizing all of a sudden that the world got smaller and smaller because some of those people she didn't know but knew somebody that knew her and through them. We think of Joe the same way with his cancer and others that have, that have shared that burden and then passed it down through prayer chains it's amazing when, when you cast that out there, it's, it's a wide net, and you're guaranteed you're going to get something back all the time. And so that's so very important. In this next section, we'll just sort of get into it, but watch out for Satan, verses 8 and 9. And this is one where, well, we could probably park here for quite a while if we're not careful. But but when we think about this, being vigilant, being, being sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion. And you think of, of, of scriptures where it talks about lions and what, what they do. And when a lion's hungry, he will do just about anything. I was, I was uh, well, you watch him on the, on the Animal Planet channel or whatever it is out there and watch him going down through. They're very patient sometimes, but when they're hungry, they tend to just kind of take chances. And that's what Satan does. He's, he's ever watching, just patiently. He knows right where we're going to be. 
And, well, uh, the question that, that comes up here is, how is the devil described in this passage? Well, we know he's an adversary, and he's walking about as a roaring lion. An adversary, it, it's, it's amazing how uh, we, can be, we can look at that and, and, and just realize he's after every Christian. He's after every Christian that is doing what they're supposed to be doing. He's not always after those that are just sitting back going, you know, doing the, the double-minded like Pastor was talking about on, on Wednesday where they got one foot in the world. He's, he can watch them and he's, he's having fun because when they have one foot in the world and the other one in, in the Bible, one of them's going to slip. And it's really easy to, to, he knows what they're doing. He gets worried about those of us that are spending our time in prayer, spending our time studying, witnessing, being what we are supposed to be doing, doing what God has called us to do. And, and it's so very important that if we are, like it says, being sober is, is being mentally alert. There are a lot of Christians out there, like Pastor was, has pointed out, and, and whenever we talk about the Lord's Supper, there are many out there that are asleep, that are, that are just thinking, uh, you know, I, yeah, I pick my Bible up when I get ready to go to church and make it look like, you know, I've made it real, really well worn and uh, make, make people think that I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Satan's just having a ball watching that, that person going, yeah, I got him right where I want him. He's going he's gonna to mess up. And yep, we will. If we are not mentally alert, we're going to find out that we're going to mess up. Satan's going to get his, his foot in there. And, and it's creating a, a situation that, well, we can always come back from, but we won't come back, we might come back a whole lot weaker. And it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 says, Therefore let us not sleep, as do others. Let us watch and be sober. There are a lot of Christians out there that are, that are compromising, that are letting the things of the world dictate how they, they go about. And it's sad when you've maybe uh, had acquaintances and you stay in touch with them, and, but, and they grew up in a, a good household. But all of a sudden, you, you start finding out that they're venturing off in a direction that is compromising. And it's, it, it saddens when, when, when you see that. You know somebody's been taught properly. They've been taught to follow the Lord, but yet they go over and, okay, well, let's embrace this little bit of compromise. Like pastors pointed out in the lessons about rat poison. You know, the bad stuff in rat poison is like, one-tenth of one percent. It's just enough. Just enough to kill that rat. I, uh, people that are, that are uh, on blood thinners, they have uh, oftentimes warfarin that's in there, and the amount that they're given is a real small amount. Well, warfarin's what's in rat poison. And rats, when they take on water, start drinking water, it causes them to bleed internally. Well, that's what can happen to a Christian. It doesn't take much, just a little bit. It'll contain their 
testimony. It can start making them go places they shouldn't be, do things they shouldn't be doing. And all of a sudden you're seeing this person like, why are they making those decisions or why are they going that direction? Maybe they're embracing something that they've been taught they shouldn't be doing. Uh, and, and it's sad. In, in 1 Thessalonians, again, verse 8, in the same chapter, verse, uh, chapter 5, But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet and hope of salvation. We need that. If we're not putting on the whole armor of God when we're walking out in this world, if we're not studying like we should, if we're not staying prayed up, if we're not asking those around us to pray for us as we go into certain things, then we're just opening ourselves up. We're putting ourselves in a situation where we're not sober. We're not mentally alert. And it's real easy to have that happen. It doesn't take much. Back in the, uh, the beginning of 1 Peter here in uh, chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Wherefore, gird up your loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We're to be the ones that are, that are watching out. We're the warning of, of those around us that there's danger ahead. Regularly witnessing, regularly talking to people that we know that are maybe walking in error to show them that's not maybe where you should be going. Here's, here's some problems with that. And sometimes we get told, well, you can just mind your own business and leave me alone. And uh, it's amazing. There are a lot of people that won't believe the, uh, a bridge out sign. I'm kind of waiting over here on Van Buren for somebody to be really stupid and see if they can <laughs> drive on the old bridge that isn't there anymore. <laughs> be woke up real quick. But, you know, there's a lot of warning signs there. I mean, lots of warnings ahead. There's cones in the way, and there's enough stuff, but yet I'm sure there's going to be somebody really stupid enough to try to do that. We run into people like that all the time, our friends, our family, some that maybe made a profession of faith. That's something that we need to be very careful with is, is to be alert. Sometimes we're alert for them and to give them warning. I got family members that have, have thanked me for, uh, for being steadfast or being uh, insistent on things. And I've seen their life turn around. Some of them didn't pay attention. Some of them are struggling. And some of them come and ask questions why and sitting down and asking and, and showing them in Scripture. And I'm thankful for those that are able to do that on a regular basis. And that's why, why here we need to be sober, mentally alert. Next week we'll look at vigilant, but being sober. Not to be, you know, not happy about anything, not to be walking around, with, uh, with a frown all the time, but to be alert. Know what's going on around you as a Christian is, is so very important. And that goes right down to just anything in this day and age. We have to be alert. We can't be asleep. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful that you encourage us to cast our cares upon you. And Father, you help us 
stay alert. Father, we, we are thankful for your blessings, thankful for the goodness that you show to us. We're thankful for the goodness that you show to this world. And really, we wonder why sometimes, but Father, you're encouraging to us when we come to you in prayer, when we study your word, when we listen carefully to what's being taught. And Father, I'm thankful for uh, just this time, thankful for the lessons here, the challenge to each one of us to be alert, to live a life that's honoring to you and to glorify you in all that we do and that we'll be examples to those around us. And Father, we ask this all in Jesus' precious name.